this time our children are dismissed for Children's Church, and the rest of you can turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible with you, feel free to look off the screen while you're turning there. I want to tell you a story about a man and his wife that were awakened at 3 o'clock in the morning one evening by a loud pounding on the back door. man gets up goes downstairs, goes to the door, and there was a drunken stranger standing in the pouring rain and asked the man, can you give me a push? And the husband said, not a chance. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. He slams the door. He goes back upstairs and goes to bed. The wife said, who was that? And the guy said, it was just some drunk guy asking for a push. Well, did you help him? He said, no. She said, why not? You remember about three months ago when we were stranded and some people stopped and helped us? Now, you ought to go back downstairs and you need to help that guy out. Get, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Get down there. The man does as he's told. He gets dressed. He goes out into the pouring rain. He calls out into the dark. He says, hello, are you still there? Yes, comes back the answer. Do you still need a push? Yes, please, comes the reply from the darkness. He says, where are you? He says, I'm over here on the swing set. That's bad, I know. I tell that story to say, I think that in our, now some of you are just now getting that. I see you're just smiling. It's just now making it to the back. Um, I, think, I think our missions giving needs a little bit of a push. Um, you know, this has always been a very strong uh, missions giving church, and today uh, I, want, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to talk about our missions program a little bit, talk about some of the missions uh, that we support, and it, it, I hope that in doing so, it will raise an awareness that we have an obligation to more than just what's happening inside here in, in a service on Sunday morning. We are responsible for more than even what happens outside here in our immediate area. We have a responsibility to minister all over the world. And I think it's fair to say that, that um, if the world ever needed Jesus more, I don't know when it would have been than, than now because it, it's a mess. Can I get an amen to that? Um, and so our missions program, as I said, it's always been, it's always been strong, and we want to make sure that it continues uh, to be strong. And what we used to do is we used to have mission speakers that come in about once a quarter, and, and they would talk, and we kind of stopped doing that for a little while, and I don't know if we'll go back to that again or not, but I feel like in, it, it, we've kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit in our giving, and, and we haven't kept it in front of you like we should. So today I want to talk a little bit about about missions, and, and so um, I do want to share with you maybe some, some things that you knew already, some things that maybe you didn't know, uh, maybe you didn't really understand how uh, you can give to missions, so if you are one that gives with an offering envelope, uh, what you can do is you can take that, that offering envelope and you can write how much of your offering you want to go Commission. So let's just say hypothetically you might give uh, 50 bucks in an offering uh, today and, and you want 10 of that to go to our missions program. Then you just write 10 on that and then 40 in the other part and, and then you know everything is, is, is good. But if you don't designate that you want money to go to missions, then none of your offering will go to 
missions. Does that make sense? Everybody tracking with me so far? Okay. You can also give to missions by giving to the church website. And so you go online, eachccc.net, you click on the giving tab, there's a drop down button there and you can click on missions and you can give a, a missions offering that way. And if you do designate for missions, understand that whatever you give toward missions goes to our missions program overall. So all of the missions that we support is supported in that way. Now, you, if you're sitting out there and you say, well, man, I really believe in this mission. I really believe in Hilltop Christian Camp. I really believe in Clarity. I really believe in Columbus Christian School. You can write that on your envelope as well, that that's where you want your missions offering to go, and it will go there. Every single cent of it will go there. So I just want to try to clear some of those things up in case you didn't know how our missions giving worked. I think at times there's a misconception. People think, well, I just give an offering, and then the church just divides it up how they want to, and so on and so forth. That's not necessarily the case. You have to specifically designate it for missions if you want it to go uh, to missions. And if you have any questions about these, then give the church office a call. Tammy can help you with that. I know that Dan can help you with that. I can help you with that as well. Now, our missions program supports a lot of different kinds of missions. We have missionaries that we support in Haiti. We have missionaries that we support in India and in the Philippines. We have missionaries that we support at IU, at Purdue, at Ball State, at their campus houses. We have local ministries and missions that we support like Hilltop Christian Camp, Clarity, Hoosier Christian Village down in Brownstown, and of course, our own Columbus Christian School. Last week, we mentioned one of our missions was called International Disaster Emergency Services. That stands for AIDS, and AIDS is really, really busy right now. Uh, AIDS is working really hard in Haiti with the recent earthquake and flooding. I've got a feeling that they're going to go to Tennessee real soon and help out with them. So if, if you believe in those kinds of missions, then, then you want to give uh, to those organizations. Now, I'm not going to mention all of our missions today because we don't have time for that. On the back of a handout today, if you received that, if you picked one of those up, for the sermon outline, you can go on the back of that handout, and there are websites. You can check out all of these missions and see if these are things that you would like to support, things that you believe in. And this will enable you to take it home, check them all out, and learn about where your mission dollars go throughout the year. And we are committed to giving to missions, all right? Each, each uh, quarter or, or uh, even each year, we, we do a... Uh, kind of take inventory of who our missionaries are that we support, and we determine how much we want to give each, each one. And we're committed to giving to our missions uh, that we support. And in Philippians chapter 4, we're told in verse 19, it's one of the greatest promises in all of Scripture. And, and I love this, and I've leaned on this, and I know a lot of you have too, but maybe we haven't necessarily applied it to our missions uh, situation. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You notice that Paul does not say God will meet some of our needs. He doesn't say that he'll meet most of our needs. It says he'll meet all of our needs. Maybe not all of our wants, but he'll meet all of our needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And this has got to be one of the greatest verses in all of scripture because everyone has needs that need to be met and this verse promises us that God will meet every need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus but I have a question for you 
is this promise for every believer or is this promise just for certain believers? When God says, I'm going to meet all of your needs, is that just for a select few or is that for everyone? Is this promise for every church? In other words, if, if we say, because Paul is writing to the Philippian church, right? And he says, my God's going to meet all your needs. He's writing to the church, okay? So do we fully believe that God is going to meet every need that we have as a church? Why does God seem to bless some churches and other churches don't seem to be as blessed like, like others are? Well, I think in verse 15 of our text today, Philippians 4, might have our answer. Here's what Paul says to the Philippian church. Again, he's writing to the church. It's not just one individual person. He says, moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. So how many churches, according to verse 15, had every meet met by God, do you suppose? Probably the one, right? Because God says, I will meet all of your needs and it's contingent upon how we give back to him. Therefore, if you and I, we want all of our needs met according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Again, that doesn't mean all our material wants. It means that he'll meet all of our needs then we might want to pattern our individual lives after the Philippian church. We might want to pattern this church after the Philippian church. Because here's what it was that God loved about the Philippian church was that they had a great heart for missions. They were a giving church. They were the only church in the world at that particular time that was giving to the Apostle Paul. And it's very easy to see if a church is a missions-minded church or not. It's to see how, you know, how do they care about the things that are going on around them in the world today. See, Paul was the only gospel missionary on the planet at that particular time. And so the Philippian church was partnering with him to see that the gospel was spread. And I think there's, that this scripture hints at the fact that God's going to meet the needs of those Christians. God's going to meet the needs of those churches that are trying to meet the needs of other people. If we're just in it for us, in our individual lives, if we're just in it for us as a church, then I think we're, number one, we're being selfish. I think God's going to have a hard time blessing us like he wants to bless us if we're so focused on ourselves. I've discovered from our passage of scripture that there are certain qualities that churches have if they want, if they want to consider themselves mission-minded. So, as a church, these are the things that I, I would like to see us um, maybe, again, take inventory, see if we're really um, interested in spreading the gospel throughout the world as a missionary-minded church. Here, here's the first characteristic. Great missions-giving churches have a concern for others. Again, verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. 
indeed you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And I want you to think about the Apostle Paul, right? There's only one church that was giving to him. That was the Philippian church. And they didn't have any opportunity to show. They didn't know where he was. He's on missionary journeys. He's in jail one moment. He's out the next. He's shipwrecked. He's all over the place. Don't really know. And then they finally find out where he's at. And so he's thinking, are, are there any, is there anybody out there that's helping me? And then all of a sudden, they get, they get this gift. Paul gets this gift from the Philippian church. Now, I want you to think about it for just a moment. You and I, we're never, if we're never going to give to missions, then I think we can safely say we're not really concerned about us. If we as a church don't have a concern for others, then we're going to overlook the opportunities that God has given us to share the gospel. I want to ask you a question. Just raise your hand for a moment. How many of you are concerned about what's happening in Afghanistan? Yeah, we're all concerned. And we don't have any boots on the ground over there doing mission work that I know of. I know there's a lot of Christians over there that are serving who at this very moment might be at the stake. There are Christians in Afghanistan right now that probably aren't going to make it through today that are doing their best to save people, to witness to people, to let them know about Jesus Christ. We have, um, we have missions that we support in Haiti. Haiti... I don't know why. I know, you know, one of these days we're going we're gonna to be in heaven. And I don't even know if God will give us the answer to this or not. I guess by then it really won't matter. But when you look at the nation of Haiti and you look at all the devastation that it has put up with down through the years, sometimes you just have to wonder why so much to one country. It just seems to boom over and over and over again. And we, we have missionaries in Haiti that we support on a regular basis. How do we support them? It's by us digging into our wallets or our checkbooks, putting in an offering plate and saying, listen, we believe in you. We care about you. We know that you are meeting the needs that we're not going to leave the comfort of our chairs to physically go meet. We're not going to leave the comforts of our home to physically go meet. And so today, I, I ask you, can, can you consider helping out monetarily? I think sometimes we overlook the opportunities that God has, has given us. Let me illustrate what I mean. You ever gone into the store, you ever walk into the store and, and you see tables out front like a Walmart or, or Rural King or someplace like that, and there's tables out front, and maybe there's a bunch of little kids out there, and they've got little banners out front, and they're either selling hot dogs or hamburgers or something like that, and, and, and you, you see those, but you really don't believe in the organization that they represent all that much. You ever done that? Go into Walmart and you see this table over here, and you go past them, and 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 you're you're in Walmart for about a half an hour, but you, you know, hey, I got to come back out that same 
door, or even if you go to the other door, there's another table down there, so I got to be real quick. You know, it's not like you lost your sight when you're going down the bread aisle, right? But you walk out and you don't see them. You try not to see them. Anybody with me? Anybody tracking with me on that? And so you come out of there and you're like, well, I don't believe in that organization, so I'm just going to walk right past there. You know what I'm saying? You know, you put Girl Scout cookies out there. Now, people break their necks for a thin mint, but you know, don't, don't. Don't ask me to give to something that I might not believe. Well, listen, we sit here every Sunday morning and we say, we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we overlook opportunities to spread that. Ever since the day of Pentecost, when the church started, there have always been Christians, there's always been churches who really don't seem to show all that much of a concern for the lost. And I, I don't want to be a church like that. I want to be a church that, that demonstrates we're concerned about the lost. Look again at verse 15. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in this matter of giving and receiving except you only. What was Jesus concerned about the most? He was concerned about the lost, Right? For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. And just like the other churches mentioned or not mentioned in verse 15, we as Christians, we cannot lose our concern for the lost. I'll be honest, sometimes I get wrapped up in myself. I think more about me. I think more about what I like. I think more about what I want to spend my money on, what I want to do. God's calling us to something different than that. Are, are you concerned about the lost? When we as Christians or we as churches do not take the opportunity to support missions, we're saying we're not concerned about the lost. Right now, I'm not even sure how to show my concern in Afghanistan other than pray. I know they're not going to let us in anytime soon with any new missionaries. I can promise you that. Well, they might let us in, but we're not going to last long. But there are certain ministries that I think we can get involved in certain missions. I know just this week, uh, I believe it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, IDES is going to have food packing parties in Indianapolis. Actually, Noblesville is going to have food packing parties to send these packages of food to Haiti to help them out. Maybe some of you would be interested in physically going up and doing something like that. But you've got to show concern because we're, we're going to be held accountable for that. Second, great missions giving churches find their contentment in the Lord. Paul says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. See, I don't think we're going to, we're not going to give to missions, we're not going to give to the Lord like we should give to the Lord until we find our contentment completely in the Lord. Because what I do is I have a tendency to sometimes think my contentment can be found somewhere else. Discontented Christians, discontented churches never become great missions-giving churches or individuals. You and I will always have needs, right? This church will always have needs. 
But God does not limit participation in missions to those Christians or those churches who don't have any needs. We all have needs, right? Churches and individuals that don't have needs, they don't exist. Well, you know what we call Christians who don't have needs? Dead. Right? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We're not going to stop having needs until we leave these tents and go to heaven to be with Jesus. The only Christians that don't have any needs are those who have already gone on to their reward. And so we all have needs. And I see a direct correlation here between what Paul is talking about. If we want all of our needs met, we've got to start meeting the needs of other people. We need to stop trying to find contentment in the things we think we need for ourselves and find our contentment in serving the Lord and serving other people. You know, you look at churches who might seem to have everything, you know, seems to be going on great, but, but they just can't seem to get off the ground. Well, so you got to look at their missions program, I think. I, I think you got to look at what they're trying to find their contentment in. See, here, I learned this a long time ago. Contentment is not about what is happening outside of us. Contentment is all about what's happening inside of us. Would you agree with that? We can't find our contentment in it. You, you ask some of the richest people in the world how they're doing. Are they content? Most of them are not because they're trying to find it in things. It's enough uh, for us to just have Jesus in our lives because what Paul talks about is I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, or I'll have everything that I need through Christ because he gives me strength. The Apostle Paul said, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. You know, I, let me just briefly mention about the Apostle Paul's statement one thing. I, he says, I know what it is to have plenty. There might be some of you sitting out there saying, you know what, I, don't really, I can't really relate to that. Have you ever said that? You know, Paul said, I know what it is to have plenty. Maybe you're sitting out there and you're thinking, well, I, don't, I can't really relate to that. Well, I don't know. Compared to the vast majority of the world, I think everybody here has plenty. You know, if we were to wait until we all had plenty, according to our minds, to become a great giving church or a great giving individual, we would never begin to give like God wants us to because there's always going to be other needs that need to be met. Right? So the third characteristic is this. Great missions giving churches stay committed to the cause of missions. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, again, this is verse 10. He talks about how uh, the Philippian church was the only one that showed concern for him. Let me ask you a question. When is the best time for you to start giving to missions? I think the best time to start giving to missions is when you are in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel. And that doesn't mean that you, it's, you know, if you've been a Christian for several years and you've never given to missions, it's too late. That's not what I'm saying. But I think it's good for, for our uh, new Christians to learn early that they need to support mission work. And then to go the extra mile. Not just do what you think God might be asking of you, or not to just do what a mission might be asking of you, but to go the extra mile. Right? That's what he says. Go the extra mile. This implies that 
the longer a Christian waits, the less likely they are to get involved, and then they're just going to do the absolute minimum. Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. That's sad. That's tragic to think that here's a guy who's putting his life on the line every single day for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he feels like nobody cares. It really bothers me to think that we might have missionaries all throughout the world that are serving the Lord, maybe putting their life on the line every single day, and they might feel like nobody cares about them. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like nobody cares about you? That's an awful feeling. Imagine being thousands of miles away from home in a hostile nation. Feel like not even a church cares about you. I want to be different than that. I want to show missionaries that we can be different. Fourth characteristic. Missions giving churches have credit with the Lord. Here's what Paul says, beginning in verse 17. Not that I'm looking for a gift. See, that's the thing. Paul's not Paul's not saying, hey guys, there's some stuff I really need, some stuff I'd really like to have, you know, would you bless me with this? He says, not that I'm looking for a gift, but he said, but I am looking for what might be accredited to your account. Paul says, I've received full payment and even more, I'm amply supplied. Now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. See, when we support missions, the Bible teaches us that we get credit with the Lord. Now, that shouldn't be our motivation. It shouldn't be like, oh, okay, if we have a stronger missions program, then God's going to bless us more. That shouldn't be our motivation, but it is a natural byproduct of us having a passion for missions, Right? Why do you want to participate in reaching the lost? Not so God will give you more stuff, but we participate in reaching the lost because that's what Jesus was interested in, right? And so you can have credit with the Lord. Every one of us, every single one of us, we're going to stand before God and there's, we have an account with God. Every church has an account with God. Every individual has an account with God and we get credit for doing the things that God has asked us to do. Paul lists three things here. Every fragrant offering, every acceptable sacrifice, and everything that is pleasing to God. All of those things, if we're doing those things, God puts those to our credit. Now, when I stand before the Lord, I'm hoping that He's pleased with what I have put in my account, or what He has put in my account. Again, that's not my motivation. But it is a byproduct of it. Now, the fifth and final thing is this. Missions-giving churches exist to see God glorified. Verse 20, to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. We, we bring glory to God. There's many ways we bring glory to God. Let me just mention a couple. One, we bring glory to God when we are the salt and the light of the world. Salt is about who we are, right? Salt is our character. The most important thing that we have to work on 
It's who we are. It, it, it's our character. If our character is not worth anything, we're not worth a whole lot. Here's, listen to what Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by, by men. So salt is our character. It's who we are. And then light is more about what we do. Light is our conduct. Light is what we do because of our saltiness. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Of all the good deeds that we're asked to do, there's one that I believe is the most important. There's one that's the best. And that is whatever it is that we bring honor and glory to our Father. That's the best. Right? You're sitting there and thinking, man, I don't know about God's will for my life. I just don't know what to do. You know, I've prayed about it and I thought, I just don't know what to do. Well, do you know anything at all in your life or anything that you can do that can bring honor and glory to the Father? Does anybody know that? Yeah, I think everybody knows of something they can do. Do that. It's really not that hard. We get all wrapped up in trying to find the perfect will for our lives and all this. And all. I don't know if I should do this or not. I don't know if I should do that. I should go this way or that way. And, and we wind up doing nothing because we're paralyzed with fear because we're afraid we're going to do the wrong thing. And God says, anything that brings honor and glory to me, I'm interested in that. So ask yourself that question. This morning, what can I do in my life to bring honor and glory to the Father? Can I do something to reach the lost that's going to bring honor and glory to Him? Ask yourself these questions. Do I have a concern for others? Do I find my contentment in the Lord? Do I demonstrate a commitment to mission? Do I have credit with the Lord? And do I exist to glorify God? Those five questions, I think uh, you should, if, if, if they're not on your handout, I can't remember if they're on our handout or not. If they're on the handout, take those home with you. Remember those. Put that in a place to ask yourself these questions every single day. If, you, if it's not on there, write them in, please. I'll leave those up there for just a moment. You can write all of those in. Uh, I think you can also down those on the e-bulletin. No, they're not? Okay, that's my bad. Um, but these are things you need to ask yourself every single day. I, I want to close with a, a uh, story about a mission work that was done in, in South Africa. There's, a, there's a, a little church in South Africa, Johannesburg, South Africa, and on the side of the building, there's a tiny uh, white door on the side uh, of, of the church. You see it right there. It's called the Door of Hope. And maybe you've heard of this before. But what the, the Door of Hope is, is it's, it's a ministry where can't even imagine why someone would ever feel this way about a child, but it's a door where parents, mostly mothers, can take 
their babies that they don't want anymore. And they can open up this door and they can lay the baby inside in like a basket kind of area. Basically, people can anonymously donate their unwanted babies and leave them there for someone to care for them. Now, that mission is saving over a hundred babies a year. When you think about all of the babies that are probably losing their lives, that don't have an opportunity like this, parents in another country that think that this, this baby's better off not existing than to grow up in this. We have, we have parents in our own country that make that decision as well. We're better off not even having this baby. So many babies 40 to 50 babies a month on the streets of this town were being lost before this door was installed. And now 100 babies a year are being saved because of this door. What an incredible, incredible door. The door of hope. Now, I want to let you know about another incredible door of hope that takes in the unwanted, or at least those who feel like they're unwanted. The door of hope that saves lives. His name is Jesus. And if you sit out there and you say, you really don't believe in missions, then you really don't understand that Jesus was the very first missionary. He left heaven on a rescue mission and became the door of hope for us. He came to earth and lived his life and died on the cross for us and he stands at the door of your heart with his hand on the handle and he's knocking and he's just hoping that you'll unlock the door to your heart and let him in. you've not made that decision this morning, that's where you start. Because if you've not made that decision, then you're not going to understand why in the world you would want to give to missions for sure. But if you want to make that decision today, we're going to offer a song of decision. And, and uh, we, we teach that you confess Jesus as the Christ, you repent of your sins, you need to be baptized in Him for the washing away of your sins. And and then you start living your life for Him. Doing everything that you can possibly do to reach others, to care about others, to exist, to bring glory to God. I think most of us, again, in this room have probably already made that decision. So I would implore the rest of you to consider what do I need to do today in response to what I've heard to bring honor and glory to God through missions and reaching out and helping people that I may never see. I'm going to ask you to stand, um, and as we sing this song, if you have a need, there'll be someone to meet you here.
front and pray with you.